Yeah. Yeah, I knew, I knew yours began with the S, but so anyway, so uh, to begin with, I'm not an expert on any of this. So if you have any questions, you've heard anything different, there's a million ways to do everything. And this is kind of an overview of the way that I've always done it, and it's been pretty helpful. Um, I think that EKG strips, just the rhythm strips, give us a lot of insight into patients. And there's a lot of information that can be gleaned from them. So they're important to know not just 12 leads, but the basic rhythm strips. Um, so, so it basically, it tells the story of the heart, is the way I like to say. Um, is that it tells in, in real time what the electric, like electrical activity of the heart is doing as you're, as you're watching it. So uh, I always call it the heart story. Like uh, you ha we had a patient last year and we ended up getting this rhythm strip really long because he kept having an abnormal rhythm. And it was like we got to the hospital and I handed it to Dr. Beglin and I was like, here's this patient's story. And he could go like this, oh, he needs a pacemaker. You know, so it's really important. So what can we identify? We can identify uh, arrhythmias, ischemia and infarction. We can, pericarditis, hypertrophy, uh, electrolyte disturbances, and we can also find out about dr uh, drug toxicity. And so just, you know, because I like to know these th things, but uh, EKGs were originally invented in uh, 1895. And a guy named uh, William Einhoff, it's the triangle thing. You guys have probably read that in Dubin's. Uh, and this was the original um, EKG machine. You stuck your feet in water, and then there was electric current that went through. Isn't that? I <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, both hands in water, so you could, it probably shocked you, too. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah, well, and then, um, Physio's been in business since 1955, working on, and it was the early 60s when they came out with the first EKG machines. And like we had one up here in the 70s, big huge thing, and if you're ever in Seattle, there's a museum down there that has the original EKG machines. So they've gotten better and smarter over the years. So, uh, the first thing you need to know about anything is what's normal so you can discern what's abnormal. And I know you guys all went over this, but uh, the way that the heart works, the normal rhythm path is from the SA node to the AV node, where it slows down a little bit, goes to the bundle of hiss, and then to the bundle branch and the Purkinje fibers. So, that is read in the EKG. I know you guys all know all this, but we're just going to well, go over it again. Is, this is really the yeah. first look at yeah. it. Yeah, and so, maybe, but yeah. yeah, and so when you're reading this electrical activity, it's, that's what we see. So we see the P, oh, I guess it just goes. The P wave, you see that? The AV node fires the bundle branch, and then the Purkinje, and then it it's depolarization and repolarization. Um, here's a uh, good kind of look at it. And you can see down here, yeah, as that stuff is happening. So that's what we're reading. And that's repolarization there. So really good visualization. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not mine. I found it somewhere. <laughs> um, so, so that's normal. Any deviation, any slowing down of that makes it abnormal. So. Could we see one more step on that? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, I'm not doing anything to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. It's just interesting, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the P wave is the atrial depolarization. And uh, the P wave is the atrium depolarizing. The repolarization of that gets caught up in the QRS, so you don't really see It's buried in there, so you don't see it. Um, and then the QRS is the ventricle depolarization. And then the T wave is the repolarization of all of it. You guys all got that? Okay. <laughs> so the PR interval. That's where the atrial's done and the, and the uh, electrical impulse is going down through the AV node is, and, and kind of slowing down a little bit through the bundle of his. This is called the, the PR interval. And it is uh, the depolarization plus the delay in the AV junction. Note where the, way, where the measurement begins. Yeah, so that when we're measuring P waves and the PR interval, we measure it from the beginning of the P wave, not from the end. Like contractions, too, for uh, delivery of a uh, baby, you're measuring from the beginning of that contraction until the beginning of the next. So I, I think people get things mixed yeah. up sometimes on how they count stuff. But just define this in your mind right now. When you're looking at a PR interval. That's not the top of the P wave to where the QRS begins. It's the beginning of that P wave. And the importance of this delay is that, uh, is that when, the, when the atria depolarize, to get that good squeeze out so that the ventricles get good and filled before uh, the next part, before they pump out to the rest of the system. So yeah. you're saying from the beginning of the P wave to the beginning of the Q wave? Q, yeah, to the first downward, yeah, first downward deflection. Okay, in some cases, it might be the yeah, first, first upward deflection, yeah. yeah. So the other thing you have to know is the intrinsical pacemakers of the heart. So like the SA node, I, in my mind, there's little people that live in my body, and they all have special things. And um, in my heart, there's a really strong little dude up at the SA node, because basically, you guys learn that every part of the heart has all the cells are, can produce electricity, right? But in the SA node, basically, that's the strongest one that kind of takes over for everyone. So in my mind, it's a little weightlifter dude. And uh, <laughs> he, well, he is. And then the, a, the, and then the AV node is the gatekeeper. And he's got a big hat on. And he does this. Yeah. So like, I mean, that's, I'm very visual in my head. So the SA node is, has a rate of 60 to 100. So anything less than 60, what do we call it? Brady. Okay, it's, it's Brady, right? And anything more than 100 is tacky, tacky yeah. So, 
So the AV node, if the SA node for some reason doesn't fire, and, and then my little guy down there with his hat on gets all, all like, oh, shh, what's going on? He's going to start firing off at a rate intrinsically of 40 to 60. And the reason this is important is that, again, when you're talking about interpretation of rhythm, there's a lot of ways you can say things. So like if you don't have, if it doesn't start in the, in the SA node, but let's say you have a rate of 100, and you can tell it's starting in the AV node, well, that's then an accelerated AV uh, rhythm because it's faster than what it should be. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then uh, ventricles, they fire off between 20 and 45. And that's basically, if you think about ventricle tachycardia, it's VTAC because it's most of the time going greater than 45. So I guess if you had, uh, you know, and, and sometimes you have a really slow ventricle rhythm, and that's just called you know, a ventricle rhythm because you would know just by saying that that it's somewhere in this rate. That's why when you use the term normal sinus rhythm, it means that it's somewhere in that 60 to 100 range. Is the, is the defined as starting. Yeah. Yeah. With the peak. So yeah. Yeah. Do you ever put that in your course, like normal sinus rhythm, or on the phone? If yeah. The exact heart rate, like yeah. On well, sinus, sinus rhythm. rhythm. And, and the thing is about like a normal sinus rhythm, for a long time I was like, well, nobody's is the same, like, you know, but it's what, it's, it's, What's normal, it's, it means that the electrical activity is going down the normal channels in the heart at a normal rate, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So the next thing we need to know, so we'll go over like terminology on what you call things. That's part of what we just did. But the other thing you need to know is how to read, and that comes with the EKG paper. And so when you look at... As you read a, a bunch, Maria, if you want okay. to I'll pass them out right now. So you guys all can have a roll in your hand and uh, be just physically, maybe I don't know if it's easiest to look at a roll versus a chunk of it. Yeah, have Yeah. So looking at the big lines, the little lines, everything. Yeah, and one of the things about the EKG paper is when we go this way, it's time. And then when we go up, it's amplitude, so it's the elect how much electricity there is. I'll wait for you guys all to get. Um. It is so hard to get the strip started with that little piece of tape at the beginning. I usually use a knife. It's kind of like the toilet paper at home. Get a bigger, get a bigger strip than that. Get at least. Yeah, you want yeah more like that. Yeah, not that much, Dan. That's like. Oh, <laughs> just Yeah. All right, everybody have a piece of EKG paper. So when we're looking at it, you can see there's little boxes and big boxes. Can you guys see all that, the little boxes? And so each one of the little boxes is 0.04 seconds. 
And then one of the big boxes is 0.2 seconds. And that, that's important when we're looking at, you know, uh, length of time and trying to figure out if, uh, if the heart is, if the electrical system is working normally. Yeah. So you just think of four times five, right, is 20. So you think of there's going to be five of those open spaces uh, in that one big clock. And then when we go up, this is 0.5 milli, uh, millivolts is one large box. And that's important. There are things that can cause us to have low amplitude uh, EKGs, and we'll talk about that just a little bit later. But, uh, and so when you're looking at it and you see that overall, that all the amplitudes are, uh, are shortened and not as much, then you can say, oh, I wonder if this person has this, this, or this going on. Yes? Is there kind of an industry standard for referring it to as seconds versus milliseconds? Uh, I don't think it really matters. Okay. A lot of it's, uh, yeah, I don't know that it really matters. I, I mean, I'm sure somebody cares. I don't really know. How do you typically refer to it? I just refer to it as normal or abnormal. <laughs> like, and boxes. I'm really bad at math. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I mean, like, seriously, I, I'm, I am sure that that is important to cardiologists. But you got to remember that we're reading stuff and what all we're trying to do is decide how to treat a patient. We're, we may not see, I mean, I can look at an EKG and be like, oh yeah, okay. And then you give it to, to a cardiologist who's going to find so much more because they actually didn't go to the Votech for school. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you pick up that piece of paper, and you look at the top line along the top, there are, right up here, you can see there are little, um, there's little hash marks. So each one of those little hash marks is three seconds. So a lot of times, the way I was taught to read EKGs and the way that I do it is I run off a strip and I put my fingers in between those so that I have a six second and I just count all the complexes in there and uh, multiply by 10. Because 10 is easy, you just add a zero. So, just to be straight, yeah. like to get six seconds, I got to grab one, one and that's zero, and then two, th four. No, no, right here. This is three seconds. Just two huge squares. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 15 little squares equal three seconds. If, One line in between your two fingers. Yeah, okay. that's how I do it. So there's another way to do, um, do you guys have a thing? number and add a zero to it, man. It's pretty easy to get. It's especially um, useful for those slower rhythms. Yeah, so the other way to do it is, um, Forty-three, and then I think thirty is next. So this is the other way to do it, and uh, the way you do it is you find an R wave, the pointy up one, and then you go to the next pointy up one, and you count the boxes in between. Is 
that the best way to describe it to our preceptor? <laughs> yeah. We're reading our first strip, and uh, I find the pointy up one. Yeah. <laughs> it's the R way, but it's the one that's pointy upward. So, so what you want to do is you, the easiest way to do this is if I'm looking here, like this would be a bad one to start with, but this one falls right on the, on the, on the heavy line, so that makes it easier. And then I count, so 150, 100, 300, 150, 100. It's probably about 80. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, between 80 and 90. So you come up with the same either way. So is that, uh, obviously, giving that range would be fine. Oh, it's between 80 and 90. Yeah. Because we don't have to get specific right Well, and here's the thing. So with the rate, this gives you an average. Mm -hmm. It doesn't give you exactly the count. Your pulse ox gives you actually how many beats are going. That's like out to the periphery. So that's actually a, I mean, that's a more better indicator of like how fast somebody's heart rate is a lot of times. This gives you, this gives you and I can't remember how many seconds it is, but it gives you a trend. And that's when you've got your lid leads on. Yeah, yeah. It also will give it through the uh, pulse ox on this as well. So if you don't hook anything else up, you'll get a heart rate and a, uh, and a pulse ox on this. So does everyone kind of, and any way you want to do it is fine. Like, but you need to figure out how you're going to do it and, and practice that way. And the, the tools that she's showing you, like some work better for Brady rhythm. Like I would say that for your three seconds, three seconds, or your total six second strip is ideal for, you know, somewhere in your normal range down to bradycardia. Like that's your more accurate way to count. Uh, especially, you'll talk about AFib later, but um, when we're doing the other method, the 300, 150, 175, that's, that's easier to identify. Like, like a fast rhythm. All those in six seconds, that's a lot to count, right? So fast rhythms are better for that method. Well, and the other thing so, is, is if you're only using it for, if you know both, and you're only using that one for fast rhythms, it's going to be, you're only going to have to count three boxes. Because if yeah. it's over three boxes, you should use the other rhythm. Yes? And that method's only good for regular rhythms, right? Um, you can use it for irregular rhythms, but it's not going to be as accurate. But neither is this, like AFib is really like hard to give, I mean, because it's not an accurate, like it's an average, yeah. It's yeah. sampling between the, the yeah. waves, right? And it could be a wider or shorter one. You could look at your monitor when it's doing AFib and it could say 150 one time and the next time it could say 102. Yeah, so it's because it's so irregular. Yeah. So that one, um, you'll just have to like, to do your yeah, and what you really want to know with AFib is this: uh, they try to keep it at a controlled rate, which is below a hundred. And so, if it's above a hundred, it's uh, AFib with a rapid ventricular rate. And then, what you all you want to know is like: is it is it slow? Is it fast? Or is it normal? And then, are we going to treat it or not? Like, so you don't have to know exactly the the rate necessarily. Yes. Is that what AFib RVR means? Uh-huh. Rapid ventricular rate. And and with AFib, if you guys start looking at medications, which I would tell you not like our medications, but patients' medications, you will find that people that are in AFib will be on a a, a blood thinner of some sort 
or have something like the Watchman device installed, and they'll be on a beta blocker or something for rate control because they want to keep that rate below 100. So. You said or or and? Usually and? Blood thinner and a beta blocker or or? Both. Yeah, the blood thinner, you guys talked about the atrial appendage. So they put you on a blood thinner because the, the, the clots get up in there and then they poof out and go to your head and then you get a stroke. And, uh, the, and so the blood thinner helps stop that or as does the Watchman device. So Oh, <laughs> it's this little mesh thing. Well, okay, let me explain how I, it may not be quite technical, but it's another guy. <laughs> so it goes in here and it's uh, basically, it's a little sieve thing, like a wire mesh sieve, sieve thing that they place in there without, in through your artery and they. It's kind of like an umbrella. Yeah, and it goes in and opens up, and what it does is it stops those. If the clots come, it breaks the clots up. So, so if the clot is projected through it, it'll spread the clot. Yeah, it's the same thing. That's actually that's a different awesome. one. Yeah. That's a different one. So the Watchman it, is, is designed to go into, like, if you're It stops the clots. Shape, yeah. It, it goes into this appendage area. And it stops the clots from coming and then the clots cannot come from that, that area. The atrial appendage. Appendage, yeah. And it turns out there's three main, main, people have three like main atrial appendages and then there's a variety of the other ones. So you can only get the device if it fits you. And you said your dad was not. Yeah, my dad, and I didn't know anything about this. My dad was trying to get into the, uh, the study to see how it worked. And uh, evidently, dog leg is normal, like straight is normal, and he had some sort of weird ass thing, and they said no. So. How often do you see those in the field? And well, I think, you know, I, I'm imagining we'll see them more because I've seen ads on TV. Okay. And so generally, when we see ads on TV, people are running out to get things like that. And do you know <laughs> that they have one if they're not telling you? Uh, well, that would be a question to ask. So uh, you find somebody in atrial fibrillation in a controlled rate under 100 and says, hey, I have AFib. And then you look at their list of meds and you don't see any blood thinner on them. Then you would ask, you know, are you being treated? Like at some point with people when they get to a certain age or they have like, and they have atrial fibrillation and they fall a lot, like there's this risk benefit they've got to figure out. Is it more of a risk to have them fall and hit their head or is it more of a risk to not anticoagulate them? And so those are, those are decisions that sometimes they just don't treat people with. And they would use this Watchman device in lieu of taking a- A, a blood thinner, a, yeah. Okay. And, and the reason is, is that a lot of those blood thinners have a lot of uh, adverse side effects. My dad hated Coumadin because he couldn't eat all the leafy green vegetables he wanted. Yeah. Because no vitamin broccoli, K, yeah. no, uh, spinach. Yeah, spinach, broccoli. It, it, it turns out it's rat poisoning anyway. And, in my, and there's a lot of rats that have become like immune to it. So again, in my little head, there's rats running around out there with syringes of vitamin K. Like, <laughs> go ahead, eat it. Like, you know, the teenage rats that are like... <laughs> <laughs> so, just so you guys know. <laughs> so if I see you laughing on the call. Oh, I, I, there's lots of stuff that goes through my head. Um, so, 
So now we're just going to talk about very easily how to analyze a rhythm. And I would suggest that whatever you guys do to analyze, that you, you follow those steps, even if you look at the rhythm and go like, oh, I know what that is, until you get really good at it, follow those steps so you get a real systematic approach to it. So the first thing we do is we calculate the rate. And so on this one, if we did the three-second rule, I think it's 90. And if we do the other way, it's, this is 100, so it's about 90 as well. And then the next thing we're going to do is determine if it's regular or, or some variation of that. And <clears throat> there's a couple ways you can test if something's regular or irregular. If you're not really sure, you can double the paper over and, and look into the light. Yeah. 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 Try to match up the R's. The other thing you can do is um, just take a piece of. Wait, let me just grab. No, I just can grab this. Well, you can have calipers, but like, where are you going to keep them? Um, so the other thing you can do is just like this. You find two beats and mark it. That look, and then you just move it along to see if they're the same. I mean, it's the same thing as calipers, but you don't have to carry them. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah, piece of paper, and then you just move it along, move it along. Yeah, you basically, like, I would mark here and here, and then I would move it over. Oh, look, they're almost the same, almost the same, pretty close. Like, so that's, I would determine that as regular. I mean, it's, like, simpler than calipers. How far off would they have to be for you to it would have to be pretty, it has to be pretty far off. Yeah. And then you have to think about like, is that an extra beat? There's some things you think about when you start looking at that. But uh, with nobody's heart rate is exactly regular because breathing changes it. Like it can go faster or slower. So it's never, so you're looking at it and going, it's pretty regular. Yeah. You know, it's not rocket science. And then you're going to assess the P waves. And you're going to make sure that there are P waves. And then you're going to look at, kind of take a look at the morphology of them. Because from the P wave, we can determine a lot of things that you want. It should be kind of rounded and have an upward deflection. Yes? Is this when we're also looking for that? We're going to get to we're going to get to that next, but uh, so this we're just looking at the things we can tell things from the P wave, like if somebody has an abnormally pointy P wave, they have probably have emphysema and have core pulmonal, which means they have right atrial enlargement. And oh well, and then if they have they call it a miter hat, so if they get a P wave that kind of looks like this. 
that means that they have left-sided atrial enlargement because basically half of this, I mean, if you want to be, half of it is the right side firing off and then in, in the left side. So You're calling that a, a miner's hat? Mitral. It's, mitral. it's what the Pope wears. It's the funny, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So when we hear our, our medics talking morphology, they're just saying the basic shape of. Yeah, shape of morphology, yeah. And like the, uh, so the P wave can, it also can tell somebody like if they have uh, pulmonary hypertension, because if you think about it, like it's hard, it's hard to pump out, so they're pumping against pressure, so the P wave morphology will be a uh, um, little messed up. So like it's just those clues to underlying health of somebody. And then we're going to determine the PR interval from the beginning of the P wave to the start of the upward or downward deflection. And then the last step is we determine how long the QRS is, how wide it is. Oh, can you go back? Oh, sorry. Yeah. When you do this, do you separately go through the whole strip for each step? Or yeah, well, I look at the strip. So I take a six-second strip and uh, take a look at it. I'll look at the rate. And then I will look at uh, if it's regular or irregular. And I'll look at the P waves. Then I look to make sure. I, and I look at the P waves, and I make sure there's a P wave for every QRS. Yeah. Then I, I look at the, uh, see if it's, if there's a, if it's, if this is okay, yeah. and then I look to see if it's wide or narrow. So like each step, you're kind of reading through the whole thing. Right? Yeah, I take a look at it. And then sometimes, sometimes, like if it's a block or something, that little rhythm strip may not be enough. Mm -hmm. So I'll print off, you know, I'll kill a few more trees in the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we calculate the rate. We've talked about that. So we got that one right. And we determine the R to R regularity. Just like that, any way that you want to do it. Uh, and if you have something and you're not sure it's regular or not and you try it, like you also have to look at if it's irregular, what else is in there? Because it might be a, a, a regular rhythm, but it might have like PVCs or PACs in it. And so you've got to kind of take a look. So they say, is it regular, regularly irregular, or irregularly irregular? And I am not sure what those last two mean <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I always am like, God, I don't know what I'm going to guess this time. But I think of irregular, I think of, uh, I think of AFib, regularly irregular, because there's no, you know, like there's no rhyme or reason to it. And I think... Regularly irregular is more like a block, like, or somebody's having a PVC every fifth beat. So, or, yeah. Yeah, see? So this one is regular. So then the P wave. So do you guys know, so the P wave should be, the, this is the distance. Um, it should be point one, two to point two. So the way I look at this is I find one that's fairly close to this line, 
to one of the to one of because this is the big box is uh, is yeah point two so it's got to be less than a big box it just looks so big up there <laughs> PR interval and the thing about the PR interval that's kind of interesting is that uh, like if the PR interval is really shortened, like, and you have a, a P wave that's downward deflecting, it means they probably have, that's a, a rhythm, and they probably have uh, like Wolf Parkinson's white or a, a aberrant pathway rhythm. So you can sometimes see that on just the regular EKG and then go like, oh, he passed out a while ago, huh. This is kind of interesting. Maybe you have you ever been diagnosed with a heart fast heart rate, and maybe able to figure it out that way. So we're gonna say this: there are P waves. They all look alike. They're occurring at a regular rate, and the same thing you do with the uh, the R waves. Like if you're trying to figure out blocks and things like that, you can do the same thing with the P. You can take a you know, you mix, you take these and you make sure that they're all the same. And then, does each QRS have a P? And this is normal P waves, one P wave for every QRS. So there it is, it's 0.12 to 0.2, three to five boxes. That's what I look for. The other thing is, um, when you're uh, getting the EKGs, um, you know, they have all this, well, this one doesn't, but like the 12 leads have a lot of numbers associated. The EKG machine is really good at reading the distances. Like those 12 leads, like when you look at the boxes and they have whatever it is, that's really accurate. The thing about like, Acute MI, they're not always so accurate about that stuff. But like the the reading the distances in the in the with the things are pretty accurate. So that all those numbers on the that right side of the twelve, that's what those are, right? The no, the numbers all the way over here, mm -hmm. those are ST uh, segment elevations. The ones I'm talking about come uh, oh, up on the top. Up on the top. Yeah. 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 Here, can I see that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you're gonna die. Um, yeah. So it. So yeah. So here's a P, the PR, and then it has um, the QRS time, and those are those are really accurate on a 12 lead. The measurements are accurate, but diagnostics. The diagnostics is not. This says sinus rhythm. <laughs> really. Yeah. Okay, and and you know, so that we're not. So you're saying you're not always counting boxes like all the time. You can look at that and you can say, okay, that's... Well, you know, so, so here's the thing. If you find, I mean, like... I'm not saying... If you pull, no, if you pull out a rhythm strip and you look at it and you find, like, this little guy is lined up right here and the QRS is it starting over here, you know you've got, it's in the right range. Point two, boom. It's less than point two. Less than which is what it needs to be, okay. right? So, and you can, you can uh, I mean, if you want to be really precise, you can go back and figure out what it is exactly, but that's not super important okay. necessarily. So, yeah. What if, uh, 
And so I know like if the PR interval is greater than you know five boxes, you start yeah. getting into like your first two first, first degree block. Boxes. What if it's less than like point one two? So that's what I was talking about. If it's less than point one two and it's a really narrow a lot of times the P wave will be inverted, so it'll come along and it'll be inverted before it goes up. This a lot of times means one of two things. Either it's a junctional rhythm, so the P wave is starting way down low, or they have a re-entry issue. So like, our LGL is another one, or there's a bunch of other ones. But like, yeah, so they have an aberrant pathway. And I just like saying that name. Not really sure what it means, mm -hmm. but so now we're going to look at the QRS duration, and uh, what we want to know there is it narrow or wide, and it's the same thing. We're looking if it's if it's wide, we know that there's some sort of conduction delay. Um, so normal is 0.04 to 0.12, which is one little box to three boxes. And that again starts and ends right when you, when, when you get to the end of the QRS complex. Yes? On the ones where it's hard to determine the end of the S, mm -hmm. when it kind of morphs into it's the first up, it, you want to stop at the first upward or the change in direction. So that's our J point, correct? Yes. <clears throat> our what point? J, J point. And that, and that has to do with, uh, right yeah, and you can on, a, on, a, on this EKG tell if somebody has a bundle branch, but you can't tell if it's left or right because it'll just come as wide and you need to look at the 12 lead to figure out if it's left or right. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So it's 0.08 seconds. It's two little boxes. So that's normal. So on, on this one, if you were to look at it, rate is 90. Regular, normal P waves, normal PR interval, Normal QRS, so what's, what would you, so when you're naming a rhythm, you start out with where it starts at. Yeah. yeah, and since this follows the pathway that is normal and it's within that normal rate, this is a normal sinus rhythm. See, it's pretty easy. And the other cool thing about EKG, it's EKG interpretation. So you get to interpret it any way you want. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a whole bunch of different ways to call things. Like, you can, you can use a variety of different nomenclature to call something the same thing. So it's like an interpretive dance. It's all about how you feel. So if, we, uh, if, if our strip looks exactly like this, but we're in that... 100 beats per minute range, it would be normal, normal sinus tack, right? No, it'd be, since it's not normal anymore, sinus tack, sinus tack right? Because and the... <laughs> because the rate because is the not rate normal. Is the rate is not normal. But it's regular. It's regular. Okay. So it's sinus tack. What if it was a rate of 30? Sinus Brady. Sinus Brady, right? But we still got that regular... Yeah, it's still regular and all the... It's following the pathway. It's just either too fast, too slow. And that's why B, ventricular 
really entered FIFA, right? Yeah. So it's, it's starting that you're naming the location of the yes. origin of the rhythm. Yes. And that's why V-fib and V-tac are such dangerous rhythms because they're starting down in the ventricles. Yeah, the like the whole top part of the heart and it's beating the, like it's taken over, so it's bad. Wide and ugly. Wide and ugly, ugly. yeah, so. And, and if it starts in the, it's really hot. Here. Yeah. Let me open it. No, it's okay. There's also a lot of noise in the hall. That's all right. All right. If it starts in the AV node, how would you do that? It's a junctional rhythm. Mm -hmm. yeah. or 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 if you have a retrograde p wave which is this yeah yeah and a really short pr interval and yes so what are all the names of the origins like if we had sinus junctional and ventricular Super simple, see? Yes, and you can also have an atrial So if AFib is not starting, it's starting in the atrium, right? Yeah. But it's not starting at the SA node, so it's called atrial fibrillation. Okay, so it's outside yeah. the normal pass. Yeah, outside so the normal still, pass. still up there, but it does have another layer. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, instead of sinus, it would be atrial. Yeah, yes. And then as far as wording goes, if somebody's in... Somebody otherwise has a regular sinus rhythm, mm -hmm. uh, but they're throwing PVCs or PACs. Do you just say it as that? You can say normal sinus rhythm with occasional uh, PVCs, and you can say multifocal or unifocal, depending on what they look like. Bigemity, trigemity, couplets. If you want them holding hands, you know, <laughs> triplets, like, like you can call them, like it's pretty fun. You can make up all kinds of creative names for your rhythms. Yeah, super fun. So we already went over this. So this is it right here. Any deviation from the above is sinus tax, sinus brady, or an arrhythmia. This is the only thing you can call normal sinus rhythm. So arrhythmias, an A in front of something just means it's not regular, like aberrant is not the regular pathway, Latin stuff. So, um, so atrias, uh, arrhythmias come from prom problems in the sinus node. The atrial cells themselves, that's like AFib, the AV junction or the ventricle cells. So you have some sort of issue going on and you're not following the normal pathway of the heart. That's another kind of description of the areas of which you'll define your arrhythmia is coming from. So, can you do that one more time? Sorry, I like AB. Okay. Atrial, so sinus normal, atrial cells, AV junction, Okay. Okay. So the SA node, we talked about that, can fire too fast or too slow. And those are what you call those. And sinus tack up to the rate of about 150 can be really normal. Like if you work out, like your heart rate goes up normally to, you know, if you're stressed, like probably when you guys start doing IVs, you know, for the first time on live people, your heart rate will probably be 150. Uh, when we work out, heart rate goes up. 
So, yes. So is that what we're looking at and, going, and noticing right off the bat, oh my gosh, they're tacky. Yeah. Then we just take that closer look at, oh, Yeah, what, uh, again, this is anything, any kind of monitoring you're doing, don't get stuck in the monitor. How's the patient doing? You know, that's the thing. You treat the patient, not the monitors. No, she defined that at 150. That, that rule will play in a lot with a lot of your medics and a lot of your doctors. 150 is a rule that they kind of just hold in their mind as a, this could be sinus tack for any number of reasons, anxiety, hypovolemia, fever. And then if it's more than 150, then they're starting to be concerned. Is this for an electrical conduction yeah. problem, something different? It still may be higher than that and still be just a sinus tack. But it could be that... Everyone just defines 150 as a point. And, you're saying if it's more than that, I'm going to start being suspicious and, of other problems. And when it's more than 150, a lot of times it's defined as uh, PSV, excuse me, PSVT, which is right, a little sinus thick card. Yeah, or PAT. That's PAT, particular. And, and all that means is that it's starting above the supraventricular. Supra is above the ventricles. So you could call it superventricular tachycardia because it's starting somewhere up in there, or you could call it atrial tachycardia because you know it's starting in the atria. Yes? If, it, if you call something SVT, That's, it's going to be irregular, right? No, it may be very regular because what could happen is, you know your strong guy that's up at the SA node? He got pretty weakened, and uh, he's having a hard time, and this other dude's been lifting pretty hard. He lives over on the other side of your heart, mm -hmm. and uh, he started lifting, and now everything's coming from him. So it's so following the same, the yeah, failure. yeah, and there's, there's, they call the atria. atria, yeah. And a single focus. Yeah, single focus as opposed to a multifocal. And the other part about that is that the thing about the way the heart works, the electrical system, like you have uh, pathways in the atria, like, it's not a really good picture, but like they come down and there's different bundles. There's a bundle of Kent, there's Winky Bach, there's all these different bundles that come down so that when you, so when the, the heart beats, it squeezes all together, right? And so you can have uh, what happens sometimes is depending on where the, uh, the uh, atopic beat is, it can go down and start what they call a re-entry phenomenon. So it starts going down and coming back and just firing from that spot. Avoiding and the Avoiding the guy that's the, uh, the gatekeeper. And so uh, you can have a really fast rate. And weirdly, because I looked this up one time, there are uh, WPW and there's another one, LGL. Like, I was like, how the hell did they figure that out? Because they diagnosed this years ago and like people these two doctors just watched people, <laughs> and that's what they came up with. I don't know how how long they watched them for, but that's what they did. So, all right. So that's what it's talking to atria cells fire continuously due to a looping reentry circuit, and what they do. Um, and when that happens, a lot of times what happens is people go in and get an ablation. And basically what they do is they actually get rid of that pathway so you can't have that reentry phenomenon. Would, would you mind going 
going back one slide where you had the little things in red that said what it is? Yeah. SVT can occur from the AV junction as well, right? Uh, yes. But then it's, uh, it's like an accelerated junctional rhythm. So anything over the rate of 60 that doesn't have a P wave is actually an accelerated junctional rhythm. And an accelerated junctional rhythm is above the inherent rate of the junctional rate of 60. Yeah. But then you can have a junctional rhythm that's 130. Yes. Junctional tachycardia. Cardia, yes. And you might just call that an SVT yeah. superventricular. Because it's starting above the, the ventricles. ventricles. Yeah. That would be the normal name that folks would call it. Yeah. Oh, you can call it. And a lot of times, with the really fast rates, the P wave gets buried, so it's really hard to tell what you have. So, so here's a so atrial fibrillation. I always remember that it's the little gatekeeper guy. The atria is all firing off, and my little guy's only letting every so many beats go by. So that's when you would only see that QRS complex every, every so often. Every so often, that's why it's regular irregular. Because he can't count. My guy is stupid. <laughs> so it's kind of like this. Here we go. Here's a kind of picture of it. It's just. It's very chaotic. Atrial fibrillation, fibrillation means it's quivering, and that's basically what your atria is doing. The downside to that is you build clots, and you don't get that full uh, emptying of your atria. So, um, and fun fact, it's the most, uh, the most, more people have atrial fibrillation as a uh, arrhythmia than anything else. Say that one more time. More people have AFib is the most common arrhythmia. And the reason for that is, is that the SA node, um, part of it is it's very susceptible to uh, lack of oxygen. And so if you end up with pneumonia, things like that, a lot of times it can put people into atrial fibrillation. And sometimes that'll go away and sometimes it won't. will go away. Yep. So the AV junction... This is, again, can fire continuously, supraventricular tachycardia, what we were just talking about, or it can uh, block. Oh, wait, I'll go back. We can have AV junctional blocks, and that's first, second, and third degree blocks, and we'll talk about those. That's when we're not seeing P waves at all. No, you'll see P waves, but they'll be uh, not uh, the right distance apart, and they won't necessarily all be associated with a QRS. Aggressive, yeah. At some point, only lets a few through, and then, yeah. Means it happens all of a sudden. Yeah, it's just like for no apparent reason. Yeah. Um, and then ventricular. Ventricular cells can fire from one or more foci again, and uh, they can fire continuously, or they can have uh, a loop. And those are PVCs. 
that's just a little irritation, and a lot of people get them from, like, I get them from drinking coffee. Uh, V-fib and VTAC. So, so these are, uh, wait, these are just, uh, these are just different names for, it. it's just kind of reiterating all that we've just talked about. So sinus, sinus bradycardia, what's that? Regular, what else? So what does it have if we're going through all the steps? Sinus node. So regular? Rate is less than, okay, do we have P waves? And PR interval is three to five boxes, right? And then the QR? S is one to three boxes, right? Sinus tack. Over 100, right? Yeah, that same thing. Sinus arrest. So that's when, well, what happens is all of a sudden, like, people will have big, like, everything just stops working. <laughs> and you have a big... Uh, just asystole, yeah, flatline, and that somebody who's got had syncope, um, like the guy we had the last that not that uh, last year, he would be like, I wish I still had that rhythm strip because it was pretty uh, interesting. But he would be like, Oh, I feel like I'm gonna die, and you'd look over and you're like, oh, Buddy, you're dead right now, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, so that that can happen, and for these things, they usually give. Um, a pacemaker for, and then you can have normal sinus rhythm. Yes. Oh, I don't know when it was. Well, so sinus arrest for whatever reason, the SA node is just not working. It's not necessarily a block. It just means it's not working for. A, a reason sinus arrest is basically the same what you're talking about if it, you say block that means there's a block somewhere so the impulse isn't getting passed on sinus arrest it's working fine and then it's Another it term for sinus, arrest is a sinus, sinus syndrome so it just kind of helps maybe illustrate in your mind that's just a sinus that's sick didn't want it didn't want to give an impulse. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, kind of lazy. Yeah, does that, does that help? If it's a, if you're, if, yeah, and. Uh, sinus exit block. I, I've seen people with that kind of Well, it sounds like a sinus exit block would just mean that the, the impulse, something is not allowing that impulse to go through. And so you, yeah. Yeah. Well, Dubin, Dubin was a sex offender. He was a pedophile anyway. It is sinus arrest, sinus arrest, sinus pause, sick sinus syndrome. They're all basically the same thing. You have it; it's not working for a period, and you have a a period where you have no beats, and then beats pick up again. So are you throwing the pads on that guy, or are you? Well, what, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good idea. Okay. Yeah. So the definition for Dubin for sinus block okay. is an SA node stops pacing for one or more cycles. After the block, pacing resumes as before. P waves before and after are identical. 
It's the same as sinus arrest. So that's a sick sinus syndrome. Yeah. And it, but and again, like I was saying, is that the thing about interpretation of EKGs, you can call things a variety, and they're all right. It's how you interpret it. So it's it's like and how you call it, and it's still the same thing. Sinus. Example of that yeah. might be EMD versus PEA. Yeah. So, um, Electromechanical dissociation used to be EMD. It was a term that's yeah. now PEA, so yeah. pulseless electrical activity. And, and so that, because the book shows it three different ways, yeah. the same exact thing, I think it's just another label for it. Okay. Yeah. I, I actually don't like calling it a block, though. I think that's almost deceiving. Yeah, I like... I don't I, have a sinus, um, an, an initiated beat there, then it doesn't really get blocked because it never goes through. So the book talks about the science block. It's a transient block. I'll tell you what. And the other thing about Dubin's, it was written a long time ago. Complete arrest versus a sinus arrest is complete. It's gone. Like this. It doesn't exist anymore. And then the block is like a transient. Well, I think a sinus arrest is it is it's not working for a while and then it kicks back in. So I think it. I think the term, however you want to call it. As long as you can describe it to somebody, uh, I mean, like, I'd probably call in and say, "Yeah, I have a guy. He's had a couple syncopal episodes. He has a sinus rhythm with six-second pauses." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's no confusing that. Yeah. I mean, like, you have to be able to describe it so that somebody else understands so it. Yeah. And. Yeah, and they'll probably have something better to call it. Yeah. Like, you know, so like when you're defining rhythms, make sure it's something that somebody else can understand and it's normal terminology for what, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's my question. Yeah. Can you use some sort of lay speech to communicate the message as long as everybody understands the message? Yeah, that's... A lot of medics do. Yeah. They don't want to come up with a term that they're afraid might be misinterpreted. So they will lay it out just like Marie did and say exactly what it was, and there's no missing it. I remember Dr. Carrero, she used to tell us with level of consciousness, you, you could say conscious learning times four if someone's got everything going on. But if there's something missing in there, then you say the patient is alert to verbal but can't respond, can't answer what happened, doesn't remember the event. And then you're defined, yeah. right? Or if someone's acting weird, say what it is that's weird because that's so much better then coming up with, oh, it's times three, and then let the nurse wonder, what the hell is the fourth? And that's the same thing. Like, if you have, I mean, don't get caught up on, like, sinus arrest or whatever. It's a pause. Like, it, you know, like, define that because that makes everyone go, oh, shit, you know. We have the patches in place. <laughs> you can see, you know, like. Yeah. Well, and you're not diagnosing anyway. You're just interpreting. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's all about interpretation. Yeah, we don't diagnose. Yeah, yeah. It's good when you tell the doc. No, I think you're wrong. So on this one, what's the rate? If we look at the six seconds, what do we got? Thirty. Okay. And then if we look here. We've got 300, 150, 100, 70, 60, is 50, 
40 something and then this is 30-ish so it's about the same it's not as good that that is not as good for slow rhythms um, so rate of 30 is it regular Okay, are there P waves? Yes. Okay. What's the PR interval? Uh, less than, less than five boxes. Yep, yep. One to three boxes? Yeah, it's three boxes. Three to five boxes. Yeah, three to five. Three to five right? And then how about the QRS? Narrow or wide? Narrow. 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 So what do we have? Yeah, exactly. See how easy this is? <laughs> yeah. And sinus bradyp sinus. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, so it's just a slow rate, and a lot of people have it, you know. Okay, rhythm two. Okay, but let's go through the what? How fast? What's the rate? Uh, 130. Yeah, so this is. 300, 150, about 130. Regular, are you regular? regular. Yep. Uh, P waves? Yep. And uh, normal duration of the PR, normal PR interval? Yep. And how about the QRS, wide or narrow? Narrow. Okay. So what do we have? Oh, boy, you guys are so smart. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's not it, yeah. So, so, uh, this is sinus, this is what he, they call sinus arrest. Uh, SA fails to depolarize, and no compensate, uh, no other mechanism takes over. And then finally, the SA node kind of kicks back in. And when you guys first give adenosine and you have somebody who's really has a fast heart rate, what you basically are doing is kicking out that aberrant pathway and waiting for the normal cycle to take over. And you'll see this, and it will scare the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. Is that what they yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't like it very much. It sounds awful. What? In that situation, would, would it be common also to see a different morphology to your P wave if you have a Something else might, yeah. Like so, let's say, let's say your SA node didn't kick in, and then your junction, junctional kicked in. You might, you might have a different morphology. And sometimes with people that are really sick, and maybe their heart is failing, they're having an MI. You may see not just on the twelve lead, but you may see in the rhythm strip changes. So. Ventricles not tired waiting for that next QRS complex, the next P wave. Yeah. Occur. You might see a wide, ugly PVC. See, yeah, something. Or a ventricular escape beat. beat. Yeah. Just a quick clarification on terminology. The 12 lead is when we obviously do the 12, but a rhythm strip is when it's only the three or four. Yeah, it's a three lead. Yeah, the rhythm strip is what you get. I, initially, and if you're counting, uh, if you want to know how fast or slow something is, you get that off the rhythm strip, not off the 12 lead. The 12 lead is more diagnostic, and uh, the the three the three lead can tell you a lot without getting a 12 lead. And the three lead is what you're typically watching the whole yeah. time on the way to the hospital and when you're just 
generally looking over at a rhythm. That's that's the three lead you're watching. When you hit 12 lead, it is doing its internal thinking, and it spits out a strip that's different from what you see on your regular mm -hmm. rhythm strip. Mm -hmm. so, so I okay. Which lead is Oh, that's what I was going to ask. We'll yeah. that. What's the common, what leads Lead to? Lead two. Lead two. And the reason for that, the, remember we go back to Einhoff or whatever, the guy is sticking everything in water. Uh, and that triangle they talk about, uh, the electrical activity that's most normal is, is lead two, which goes directly from the SA node down to the, uh, yeah, yeah. That's why everything... Uh, like when you're looking at other leads, sometimes P waves are inverted and they're supposed to be inverted because that's the, the opposite. It's looking at it differently. Okay? Yes? At what point are you analyzing your T waves? Uh, T waves, so T waves on a three lead, like you can see like these look a little suspicious. You know, I would want to do a 12 lead anyway just to see. Um, but you can't. You can look at an EKG and be like, oh, those T waves look odd. They're, they're all flattened. They're inverted. And you're going to want to do a 12 lead to further see if there's a, um, you can't really read cardiac damage on a three lead. Yeah, like on this one, you can get yourself all tied up in concerns about things like this rhythm here. If you look at the isoelectric line yeah. as being here, and this is dipping lower, is that ST depression, you know? Like you can start thinking way too much into it. but. When the thing is in its regular rhythm strips, it has filters on it to keep all the road noise and all the, the, the it, activity from the wire shaking, everything suppressed. So none of this is accurate to what a 12 lead is. A 12 lead opens the whole script up. This is monitor mode, and 12 lead is diagnostic. Yeah. All right? Okay. So you uh, can't trust what you see as far as ST elevation or depression. Yeah. It can just make you curious to put on the 12 lead. Okay, a couple of questions. Then. Oh, no. Do you look at the QT interval with the three lead? And then also, how do you, if you don't have a good baseline, how do you establish what your isolation line is? You, you, can't, that's you can't do it on this. Do no. It. Mm -mm. And the QT interval, you don't really, like you can tell if it's elongated. Mm -hmm. You can tell all those things on here. And then I would recommend doing a 12 lead, and then you'll get the diagnostic, and you'll get the exact measurements. The machine is good. Yeah. Is that the QT versus the QTC? Yes. Yeah. What is the QTC is correct. Corrected. Yeah. Oh, no, and and that based on artifact? No, no, it's correct. I think it's based on averages. Okay. Like like it's if it's variant, then they correct it to what the average is of all of them. Okay. And my understanding the QT correct it has to do with rate. Yeah. Q, 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 Q changes changes the faster or slower it goes. Yeah. And so the yeah. Based on like the ratio, the ratio, because yeah. it's based on the ratio of the whole cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's. You want to take a break, or let's just go on through this real quick. So premature beats, you can have them start in the atrial. They're PACs. They're gonna. What do you think they're gonna look like? Yeah, they may or may not have a P wave. Are they going to be wide or narrow? Yeah. Narrow. PVCs, where do they start? Ventricle. Ventricle. Wide or narrow? Wide. Yeah. So what's this rhythm? So let's start. Rate. Oh, 
So what, where'd you come up with it? Go through the steps. So what's the rate? What? Okay. Let's see. One, two, three. Seventy. Yeah. Regular or irregular? Okay. Occasionally irregular. This is that irregular. Are there P waves? Yes. Okay. But they're, some of them are different, right? That one, and if you look at this, remember we were talking about the inverted P wave? See how that goes down there? That's probably starting in the atria somewhere, that, or in the junction. So PR interval on the beats that are all the same, the underlying rhythm, there are, okay. And then the QRS, wide or narrow? Narrow, so what is this? Normal sinus with PACs, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's just. So, how about this one? Rate. Okay. 60. Yeah, you don't count the PVC. Uh, regular or irregular? Oh, sorry. I hit too fast. Okay. So, P waves? Yes. Yes, that's for the regular one. Yeah. And then PR interval? Normal. Okay. And then QRS, wide or narrow? Except for the one at the end, right? So, what is it? The sinus with a PVC. Okay, so they're just, we talked about this. Uh, and then those, do they, are they coming from the same place? No. Yeah. So those are multifocal, right? And if they were both looked the same, they'd be unifocal. Uh, yes. Are you giving that in your... PVC, it depends on like how many there are. Like if I put the monitor on me, you'd see a couple of them and then you wouldn't see any more. But, but if you've got a bunch of them, yeah, yeah. Do you guys want to take a break real quick? Yeah, let's take a minute. Yeah. Okay. All right, ventricle conduction. We kind of talked about that. Normally, single moves rapidly through the ventricle, so they all pop off at once, so you get that good uh, kick out of there, and then abnormal moves slow through the ventricles, and that's a block of some sort, right? See right there? Block. <laughs> um, so supraventricular arrhythmias, so supra means starting above the ventricles. We have atrial fibrillation, atrial flutter, and PSVT. Yeah, that's just a quick onset. Yeah, that's what goes. Yeah, yeah. I just can't say it. I don't know. It's yeah. I don't. I. I don't. That's why. This is why I call it PSVT. Just saying. 
Okay. <laughs> so on this one, let's take a look. So what's the rate? Um, Well, if you count the six seconds, it's about 100. Average, yeah. So is it regular or irregular? Irregular. Okay. Are there P waves? No. Kind of, no. Well, so the atria is firing off, but there's no really good P wave, right? And how about PR interval? If you don't have P waves, it's hard to have a PR interval, right? And then how about the QRS? Is it narrow or wide? Narrow. narrow. So what do we call this? Atrial fibrillation. And if you think about why it's called that, think about the atria are just up there fibrillating, and then the little guy in the hat's letting, you know, they're firing off, and he's letting so many go through, so many beats go through. And the atria is firing off at a fast rate, but it's just all over. It's very chaotic. Note that irregularly irregular. It is terminology on purpose, right? Yeah. Yes. Question about that terminology. I know you guys are kind of like, man, with this. But is it like, is it irregularly irregular for them? So if you say, hey, do you normally have AFib, and they say no, okay, now it's irregularly irregular. But if you say, hey, do you live with AFib, and they say, yeah, I have AFib constantly, then they say, that's great. It's regularly irregular for me. No, no, no. With the trip itself, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. It do. We don't care right now. We're not even talking about people. No, people's here. Regularly irregular. So if you had like somebody in trigeminate. Yeah, that'd be regularly irregular. There, you know. And this is irregularly irregular, which just There's seems. No to yeah, I mean, I just call it irregular. <laughs> you guys brought up a good case about these P waves. You guys can see that there's something there. Yeah. There's, there's basically fibrillation there. So the, and you can't define one P wave really that looks close enough to the others to say, if you look at the very first complex, yeah, see, like there's a little P wave right yeah, here, yeah, yeah. And but then go way down to um, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe down. Oh, right here. Here's it another one. Looks the same, and you can get yourself trying to study that so much and say, oh wait, is that actually a, a P wave for those two? But everything else is bullshit. Just call it a thing. Yeah. So don't get so tied up on trying to define <laughs> that, those two two waves in the whole strip and say I, I'm going to be. I'm going to be extra careful to call this AFib. No, yeah. just call it AFib. And, and recognize that AFib is very normal. I mean, a lot of people have it, and they live in it. As long as the rate's yeah. controlled. Yeah, and the rate control is under 100 beats a minute. If it's over 100 beats, think about it. Anything over 100 is tachycardia, but we call it uh, <laughs> RVR, rapid ventricular response. So this would be like borderline yeah and you know what if you waited a few minutes or just waited for it to go through it might be down to 70 you know yeah. so yeah and when you're watching the monitor or watching the pulse ox and it's trying to catch the issue yeah. and it goes like hey, hey it's all all over it's the place that's just how it is right? it, it's, it's how it is and how is the patient tolerating it that's what you oh, really yeah and they're not having any chest pain or anything 
we don't do much for that. Usually give a range if you have a Yeah, yeah. So let's say I have uh, AFib RVR that I'm going to treat because the person is having chest discomfort or something. And I call in and I'll say, you know, they're an AFib with an accelerated rate originally between like 140 and 180. We gave uh, 5 milligrams of verapamil. The rate now is AFib and it's down between 80 and 100. So no more chest pain. So <clears throat> there we go. So common. Over 80, look at that, man. Everybody's going to have it. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, OK, so this one. <laughs> go through it. What's the rate? OK, 70. Uh, Regular or irregular? Regular. regular. Uh, P waves? Yes. Yeah. 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 They're kind of fluttery looking. They look like a kind of teethy. Yeah. Um, but they're all coming. They all look the same, right? So they're all coming from the same spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, single foci, and it's, it's firing off. It's taken over for the SA node, right? So PR interval? None, because you don't... It's just stacked on. It's just stacked on. There's no interval between here and here. It's just kind of rate. Yes? So those are not P-Wits, correct? They, they're... They're the atrial depolarizing, they're right? They're flutter. It's a flutter raise. It's an. It's coming from the atria, but it's not coming from the SA node. And the SA node is what gives you a P wave. So these are foci somewhere else, one one, and it's firing off. You don't have a PR interval because it's not following the normal pathway. Do you even talk about things like P prime, like stuff that's atrial? Yeah. That's not from the. Yeah. Is that, is that a common term? For you? I've never heard it before. There, yeah, I think you're, what Murray's saying and what Sean said, so, and Dubin probably has the P prime term. Yeah. They're a P wave, they're just not coming from the Yeah, yeah. And so they're not coming down, they're not coming down the junction and that kind of stuff, but the little guy with his hat on is still letting, he's counting, so every third thing that comes down, or fourth, I guess, he's letting through. QRS, is it wide or narrow? Narrow. narrow. So what is this? Atrial right. You can go further to say a flutter with a 4 to 1. Well, 4 to 1 block if you want. Okay. And that's the thing is that you have two rates here. You have the atrial rate and you have the ventricle rate, if that makes sense. So your atria is going off fast. And uh, yes? It can be. You can get some people have it. It's usually a transient rhythm. It's usually not something that people are into. Are in, into? Uh, I'm not really into a flutter, but they're usually not. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's usually a transient rhythm. It's usually not something that people stay in. Uh, a lot of times, um, people that have a fast heart rate, it may be a flutter. They may have a propensity to go into flutter. And then adenosine doesn't work for them. You guys will learn about that. And then uh, I think the book also 
talked about uh, diagnostically you can bagel maneuvers. Is that something where you would, if you see, it's just you can see more of the flutters and then they would go back into the rhythm again, or would it? Yeah, like sometimes it's just slowing it down enough to see what the underlying rhythm is, so you know if you need to treat with electricity or. Okay. Okay, oh wait. So what's the rate here? Yeah, it goes slow to faster, right? It just happens all of a sudden. Yeah. So regular, irregular. Regular to regular, yeah. P waves? Yeah, so if you look here, you've got a P wave, and then you look over here, do we have any P waves? No. no. So you've got a change in the rhythm, right? PR interval, what's it up here? Initially regular. Regular, and over there? None. QRS, wide or narrow? Narrow. Okay, and then what would you call this? Look at that. Yeah, because it happens all of a sudden, right? And it's still coming, it's coming from above the ventricles, and uh, it's a fast rate over uh, 150. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And the main difference between that and idioventricular rhythm is the. Idioventricular, okay. What's, idi what's ventricular mean? Yeah, the yeah, 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 so it's starting down in the ventricles, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. If your rate was 130 and not 150, like, or then... Well, is... Okay, terminology, yeah. 130. Uh, it's still tachycardic, right? It's over 100, and it's not coming down the normal pathway, right? Yeah. It's still above the ventricles. Gotcha. Yeah. So does SVT normally, at some point, slow itself down, or is that a medication-driven... It all depends. Some people go in and out of it. Some people uh, have it. They're given medication, like they, maybe they're given a beta blocker to keep them, you know, uh, so they don't get the rhythm that goes up. Sometimes they're given beta blockers to give when they feel their heart rate accelerating. Sometimes it stops on its own. But it can't stop. On its own. Yeah, and so a lot of times uh, somebody will have that and they'll feel like a fluttery feeling, or they maybe pass out and. You know, they'll be like, I wore a halter monitor, they couldn't find anything. And so, like, sometimes it takes a while to diagnose that, you know. Yes? So, you have a symptomatic patient with PSVT. Mm -hmm. How interested are you in performing, like, a Valsalva maneuver to slow that down to see, is this atrial, is it junctional? Well, on, on a patient, first of all, they stable or unstable. And then, if they're unstable, I'm going to go right straight to electricity. If they're stable, I have a little more time to diagnose, to, you know, to figure out what's going on. And when you guys get to, if you look at the uh, algorithm, unstable, and you'll look at what's unstable, and you'll go down that pathway. Yeah, yeah. So now we're going to talk about no uh, AV blocks. Okay, so. <coughs> Yeah. So what do we have? Regular or what's the rate? 
60. Uh, regular or irregular? Regular. Uh, P waves? Yes. Yep. Okay, what about the PR interval? Long. Long. Yeah. So, uh, What's the maximum norm again? 0.2. Yeah, one box. One big box. QRS, wide or narrow? Narrow. Narrow. Okay. So what is it? First degree block. Yeah. And the, when we talk about the blocks, I'm going to give you a couple of different ways that, I've, that people learn to remember them, is it's where it happens. Like first degree is, is basically not necessarily a block. It's a slowing down of the impulse. And some people have it normally. Some medications can cause people to have it. It's not, it, it's not anything to really worry about. And you can see that, like what were you saying, that there is a P wave for every QRS. So it does eventually make it through. It's just slow. Yeah, so it's a, it's a conduction delay in the AV node or bundle of his. So uh, what's the rate? Yep. Uh, regular or irregular? Yeah, it's irregular. And then P waves? Do we have P waves? So we have a P wave here, a P wave here, P wave here, P wave here, P wave here, and a P wave here. Okay, so we have P waves, right? And, uh, but the one doesn't have a QRS, right? So this is one when you're trying to figure out what this is. You might take the P waves and see, you know, where they are and, you know, to see how many. And then PR interval, what's it doing? It's getting longer. And so QRS, wide or narrow? Okay, what do we call this? Winky Yeah, second degree type one or Winky Bach. So for first degree, if the R is far from the P, then you have a first degree. <laughs> if the R is far from the P, then you have a first degree. Longer, longer drop, then you have a winky bock. <laughs> longer, longer drop, then you have a winky bock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have some more. Yeah. What type of second degree block is that yeah. again? Because you know there's two types of second degree blocks, and you'll always be trying to define between the two. So Marie's just offered a nice little remark there. <laughs> yeah. Longer, longer drop, then it's a winky block. Yeah. What was it? R away from P, then you have a first degree. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, second degree. Type one. Yeah. You can just call it, so it's... A, uh, yeah, second degree type one, it's a Mobis one or it's a Winky Bach. And so any of those are correct terminology. And if you want, you can just remember Winky Bach. And one more time. So what the, the longer, longer drop, where's the drop that we're looking at? Uh, uh, lo one longer, longer. See how this is getting longer? Yeah. No QRS. And it drops the QRS. QRS, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Drop the, no, no, yeah. Um, there we go. Uh, yeah, so 
basically it's going and it's not, there's a block and it's not allowed to get through. So rhythm number two here, uh, what's the rate? 40. 40, yeah. Okay, regular? Yes. yes. Are there P waves? Yes. Okay, <clears throat> but what do we notice about the P waves? Yeah, so, so when we look at the normal beats, there's, is there a, uh, is a PR interval normal? And then QRS, wide or narrow? Okay, what is this? Yes. And that one is, let me think. Uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember. I've got another one. Let me just think. It's P. Okay, wait. I'll get it. Oh, where's my phone? It's very. Yeah, so it's got those two premature P waves. Or not premature. Okay. Not premature, but those extra P waves. It's trying to do something. So if the P's don't go through, then you have a Mobits 2. <laughs> <laughs> P's don't go through. <laughs> this, is, this is like an ominous sign that you're approaching the final block. Yeah, so. <laughs> and, it's tr and it's true. This. Patient right here should have patches put on because this is, this is your heart is getting, I mean, if you think about it, the first one's a conduction delay, the second one's a little bit more worrisome, but th this one, like, all of a sudden your P's are firing off, but they aren't getting through, so there's not a lot of communication. So then after this, do we get to the ventricular? Well, just wait, it's going to be really exciting. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, so what's the, the rate on this? 40? That's the ventricular rate, right? What's the uh, atrial rate? 100. So we got one, two, three, four, five. Yep, one in here, six, seven, eight, nine, right? Right? So we got 90 for an atrial rate and uh, 40 for a ventricle rate. What do you know about both of those rates and where they're coming from? Is 90 a normal rate for the sinus? Yes. And is 40 a normal rate for the ventricle? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so rate is 40 regular? Y yes. Uh, P waves? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm just going to show you where they are. I showed you, but it's going to show you too. Uh, PR interval, none, right? And then uh, QRS, is it wide or narrow? Wide. wide. So what do we have here? Third degree, Third degree right? Because the atria is firing off at its normal intrinsic rate, and the ventricles are firing off at their normal ventricular rate, but they aren't talking to each other. There's no association. S if the P, P's and Q's <laughs> don't agree, then you have a third degree. <laughs> P's 
There's also the whole story of uh, the husband who doesn't come home, but I won't get into that one. <laughs> it's another way to remember. So, so this is worrisome, right? Uh, right? So P waves. Uh, and a lot of times that's what you're worried about with the uh, Mobits too, is it turning into a full um, junctional rhythm. So. Question. Yes. How does this patient usually present? It all depends. Like there are people who have been in sinus block, like a total heart block, and haven't really noticed until they went into the doctor because maybe they were feeling a little bit tired. Um, I think Devlin's dad was like that. Yeah, and uh, some people it may, you know, like be really sick. So it's just, you know, it all depends. So. I think Devlin's dad is Devlin's brother. Uh, died while yeah, but his dad had a, just got a pacemaker, and uh, I think there was some, some issue, like they were waiting to put it in. It's like, whoa. So remember whenever you see something that's wide and weird looking, it's originating in the ventricles. All right. So just talk about V-fib a little bit. So again, now what you have is only the ventricles firing off, and they're just sitting there quivering. So there's no, no organized electrical activity, and, there's, and there's, uh, it's not generating a pulse. This will not generate a pulse. And what do we do to this? CPR. Yeah, CPR and shocking. And then VTAC, again, wide, right? Rate's usually regular because it's coming from the same spot. Remember, the, the normal intrinsic rate for the ventricles is 40, right? So this is above that. So it's ventricle tachycardia. Um, it's got a wide QRS. Is that considered QRS or is it when it's a... Yeah, it's still, you, still that measurement. Yeah. Still yeah, the ventricles are still firing and repolarizing. And then this one's a... a, a good one. Yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no pulse. So if you see this, make sure that it's not just somebody doesn't have the leads on or something else. You know, confirm that that is actually absent. So asystole without, A again means without, so. Okay, and then we talked about like where something comes from and how you name it. So what's the rate here? 40, okay. Uh, regular or irregular? Regular. Regular, okay. P waves? No. no, so we don't have a PR interval. So QRS, wide or narrow? Wide. wide. So what do you call this? You can call it idioventricular. You could call it a ventricular escape rhythm because basically it's firing off at, it, at, its, at its normal rate, right? And it means that nothing else is working, and all of a sudden it's picked up. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, they also call, I mean, they call it all kinds of different things. They can call it, uh, yeah, so, but, 
Well, no, because, because um, so there's this safety factor built into your heart, kind of. So the SA node fires off between 60 and 100. If it doesn't fire off, then supposedly the AV node's going to pick up, and it's going to fire off between 40 and 60 beats. And if it doesn't do that, then the ventricles are going to pick up and fire off at uh, between 20 and 40 beats a minute. So basically, everything else is not worked, and so they call it a, vi a ventricular escape rhythm because it's like it's, it's the last thing. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I remember Janice was saying like the heart, every single part of the heart Yeah. Yeah. So basically, like this is this is like it's an escape. Like nothing else is working, so it's working now. So yeah, yeah. Let's see. Oh, that's that's it. What time is it? One forty-five. What do you guys have questions? I, there's a lot of crap to look at. It is. It is a lot of information. Again, it's to be covered again in cardiology. This is, this is to be kind of a basic guide to get you guys started to think about what our instruments look, looks like. And uh, just like we talked about when you're at work, think of every protocol that belongs with every call you go on. And now, look at every damn rhythm strip that you guys look at. We'll pull rhythm strips and 12 leads from almost every patient, it seems like. Because when you respond as ALS, you frequently will have that heart monitor on, at least for a rhythm and all frequently for a 12 week. So start looking at every single strip that comes off there and analyze it like we've been doing. With yeah, just do place. that. Like pick it up and, no and matter what it is. Get, get it and, and go through those steps. And you'll find that, like, you know, the rhythm generator and the pictures, they look like, oh, wow, this is really easy to tell. And it won't be the same when you're out in the, in the field. Yeah, so like things will be all over, and sometimes you'll be like, I don't know if that's a PAC or a PVC, or if you see something abnormal on the on the on the monitor, like all of a sudden you, you see something, hit it and take a picture and see if you can figure out what it is, um, and just go through those steps and then know your blocks, know your poem, and you'll be fine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I was looking at this rhythm in the book. Uh-oh, which, let's see. I know, he's like, what is it? It's an accelerated junction. Okay, so what does that mean? So Tell me. It's originating in the junction. Okay, so let's start 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 from the beginning. So no P waves. So rate, what's the rate probably going to be? Uh, it's probably, oh, it's going to be over, it's over 60. Over 60, okay. So what's the rate of that? About 100. Okay, so we know the rate's 100. Yep. Okay, is it regular or irregular? Regular. Are there P waves? No. Uh, so there's no PR interval. Is the QRS wide or narrow? That's why I'm like, determining how this is junctional versus <coughs> ventricular. So sometimes, so what, what's the... Uh, Pardon me. So it's not yeah, super... Why is it not ventricular, right? Yeah. Because it looks wide and ugly too, but... But it's not... It's like this is steer narrow right here. What is? So from the downward deflection to the upward deflection right here is still pretty narrow. So you're looking at yeah, that. Yeah, 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 not the whole wide thing. <laughs> Some of this becomes art. Yeah. So, so what is that so, indicating? 
That little narrow. That's the QRS defibrillator. Oh, yeah, yeah, portion of it is narrow. narrow. Yeah, portion is so. Yeah, but if you look at yeah, it's a T wave. So this it looks really similar to some of these other ones that are ventricular. So look, yeah. So anyway, and you know what? In and it's all again. It's it's in. Um, this is on page 97. But I would say this is about uh, uh, a huge complex. How would I know that that's the QRS? Well, I think I think with this one, they're talking about this is not. Honestly, it is difficult. It's difficult, and I think you could call this. Yeah, I think you could call this. Uh, Accelerated junctional, I think you could also call it a, a, a ventricular uh, tack. Okay, when I look yeah. at it, that's what I, when I first you know, saw it, I was like, oh, that looks like a big... And again, do you see something oh, like this? It also could be a pacemaker, hmm. you know? So, like, you see something like this, look at the patient, okay. and then figure out what it is. Okay. You know, like... Where do you grab for a pacemaker? Right there. Yeah. You could feel through almost anyone's shirt. You reach right there under the clavicle, you'll feel a pacemaker, sir. You see a wide ugly rhythm like that? Yeah. That's what I would first you think of. You want to see little pacer spikes? Yeah. You have a pacemaker and you're feeling right there while you're asking the And they, they're starting to put them down yeah, on the side. So I'll show you something because, on here. Like for people that, <laughs> so, that have to lift a lot and stuff like that, they move them down so that they're out of the way. Well, that's going to be hard. So that's the question. Right? It just starts going, huh? Oh, wait. Yeah, it gives you a, a, it gives you a six second strip. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, it has a pulse. Like, yeah, I mean, I hooked yeah, hooked it up. <laughs> so, so on this for the pacemaker spikes. So you go to options. Wait a minute. Let me. So you go to options, and that's where we usually go into the archive. But you go into pacing here. You click here, and it's in demand pacing mode. You can also put it into uh, non-demand pacing mode. But this is the default. And then internal pacer, it has detection on. So it should detect uh, spikes in both uh, the 12 lead and the uh, 3 lead. Sometimes it does not pick them up as well in the 3 lead, and you'll see them when they get into diagnostic mode. Okay. Yeah. And the new, the thing is, the old pacemakers, like, you could see. And now, like, they're so, like, those things are really freaking smart, those little pacemakers. Their electrical impulse Pulse. that triggers the patient's uh, ventricular rate or their atrial and their ventricular rate are so small because the, the they, they're so placed with this little rubber kind of foot thing right inside through the inside of the heart is placed in such a spot that it only takes a small amount of electricity to trigger that response, and you may not see it. On like here. You used to be able to see, someone had a pacer, you could see a nice... Oh, yeah, like, it was like... down little uh, part before the complex, and you knew that's a pacer spike from the internal uh -huh. pacer. Yeah. You would just know it, and now it's very hard to... Yeah, sometimes you don't... And then the, the other part about that with pacemakers nowadays, they, they do a variety of different things. So they sense, they and, and if they sense a beat... They may inhibit or they may go ahead and pace. So you may see some spikes and then not see any spikes, depending on what. I mean, like, they're super smart now. They have a lot of smart people living in them. 
They do a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah, they do occasionally malfunction. It does recognize it. Yeah. And, and sometimes you won't see it on a three lead, but you'll see it on a 12 lead. And so even if you see that or you suspect that, feel right here or over here or ask. Yeah, the default setting is on this one. So. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. What's that? It